and welcome to Queers to the Queer History Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. I'm Katie. <laughs> Hi, Katie. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's feeling goofy today. I'm cold. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, just it's cold right now. Yeah. It Except it's cold. probably warm outside. Um, It says it's 40 degrees. Eh. So not cold cold but also not warm indeed yeah yep that's what i got that's what i got as well cool so do you know what we're talking about today uh yes because you told me when we were eating breakfast yes well actually actually i just know the general topic i don't know specifically we're going to be talking about gays in sports sports (laughs) gays in sports Mostly Olympics, but there's a few instances outside, so I don't want to just say, like, Olympics. It's mostly Ooh. Olympics, but... Are we getting into modern times, too? Like, modern, modern? Yeah, like, right now. Um, like, you know, I have it. And... Oh, okay. We can, though. Oh. This was, like... I wrote this a, a bit ago, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The cultural impact of the U.S. women's national soccer team had not yet come to pass when i wrote this so. oh i guess it, yeah it would have been before the world cup yeah so it was before the world cup so we can definitely talk about that cool yeah right. <laughs> so you know as you know that there's not that many historically out athletes yes um olympics professional sports in the united states or abroad you know obviously people couldn't be out and it kind of creates this cycle of well, you know, represent, lack of representation, so people can't see themselves in the sport, so then there's no gay people, mm-hmm. blah, 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 all that stuff, which I think is interesting, and why I think the world, the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team is so interesting, because they are so out, and I think that's probably, like, one of the first instances in, in history where you have, a whole, like, a team that's so gay. Well, let's clarify, we've got... Well, no, yeah, it's true. No, it is a very gay team. Well, but, like, there's some people that are suspected, but they're not out, but I don't know if you're including them in that. No. I I think even without those people, you could, you have a married couple on the team, like, you Mm -hmm. have one, like, one half of, like, a lesbian power, sports power couple, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and several people who are married who are, they're wife isn't on the team but because french is married oh yeah too. yeah so you have a like for a team of i don't know how many people it depends on what the tournament is so anywhere from 23 26 yeah so that's above the 10 percent <laughs> national average of gay people exist on that team yeah and, like, obviously you have different countries that have a lot of gay Olympians. The like Netherlands has a lot. Um, and even now, like, the United States has a decent amount as well. And I think that's always interesting. I think a uh, swimmer, I can't think of his name, just like, came out a couple of days ago. So you, you have this, like, progression of athletes more so in the Olympic arena right. being able to come out. Um, obviously that hasn't made its way to American professional sports besides U.S. women's soccer. Right. 
it's it's a professional sport. It's a national team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, so you're the national team versus the well, league. The league is still a professional sports league. Yeah. 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 Well, you were equating the national team with a no. Sports but I'm saying it's a national like sports league is what I was trying to say. Gotcha. Understood. Yep. But again, you but you also have like the MLS, which. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. You know, it, they don't really. They don't. I don't. I don't know if there's any out players in the MLS. In the MLS, there was that one guy. Right. So, so, that that one guy. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't follow the MLS. No, I mean I don't either. No, I don't care. U.S. men's soccer is. <laughs> to put it, you know, technically. Yes. Speaking. So I think it's it's interesting that and you also we also have a couple of female hockey players as well of the Olympics as well, who that so, Canada also has a lot of oh, wow. queer representation in their Olympic sports. No, but I just think it's interesting you you have like these countries where there's pockets of people when a hundred years ago you don't have anyone. Do you find that now, well, I don't know if this is true or not, but do you think that now there are more out women athletes in the Olympics versus men? Um, It feels like it. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I mean, you have, like... Or is it just because we're more biased toward... No, I mean, like, I follow, like, figure skating and stuff. Like, I think even just having... Just the comparison from... I'm going to get my ice skating nerd on just for a second. Mm -hmm. You know how Johnny Weir was treated during his Olympic run mm-hmm. versus Ed Rippon's um, Olympic debut um, this past Winter Olympics leaps and bounds more positive than I could have even ever imagined because Weir wasn't out during the Olympics, but the way that he... It was very coded how they talked about him and... He was a very strong performer and a very strong athlete, but you wouldn't know that because all they'd be talking about is how flamboyant and flashy he was, even though you have had many a history of male figure skaters who were heterosexual, who were just as flashy and flamboyant on the ice, but because he pushed it a little bit further and people, you know, you know whether they knew his sexuality or presumed it, it was seen as a weakness versus something that was just part of the sport and what you did did johnny weir win anything i don't think so oh oh he's from coatesville i didn't know that he was in the olympics twice he didn't win anything at the olympics gotcha but he won other medals in other competitions right but i don't care about this no i mean most people don't but he there, I mean, and this was again also figure skating nerd. This was before they revamped the point system, mm. so you had a lot more subjectivity and cheating in the judging. I'm looking at you, Russia. Mm. <laughs> and, I know, shocking. Mm, mm. Yeah, I know. I know you're just surprised by that. So you also have, like, that was also thrown into the mix. And you have also just, like, it was easier to inflict implicit homophobia and bias into your scores. Right. If you're a judge, you were just like, "Mm, no, fuck that guy. Yeah. 
yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, you can, you can, it's a lot harder to do it now. It's obviously not a perfect system that exists, but it's a lot better than it was in the 90s, early 2000s. Right. Okay. So. That was a tangent we went on, but. I think it's important. Okay. Yeah. Because it's all part of sports history. Yeah. So. And also because these are more positive stories than the people Than the what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're talking about people, you know, in the 30s. Well, we can, yeah, that's that's fine. We'll, we'll get through it. Yes. The first guy I want to talk about um, is, is Otto Pelzer from Germany. Oh, in the 30s? Mm-hmm. He was the 800-1500 meter world record holder. And he was favored to win the gold medal, but he was injured and prevented his success in Amsterdam. But at the 1932 Olympics in L.A., um, L.A. It was L.A. Um, he, it, they say he had the wrong running shoes and he wasn't able to win, but like he was, I don't know. They, well, he was allowed to compete, right? He was he allowed just, to compete, okay. yeah. Didn't know if they had like strict like running shoe no. like standards. Um, so like, but he's like one of the first, like, gay. Like, I mean, obviously there was gay Olympians before that, but it's one of the first instances of like a known gay Olympian. So he was like, he was like out and stuff. I don't. I don't know how out he was. They said that it wasn't, his sexuality wasn't known in Amsterdam in 1928. They say that, you know, they refer to him as, like, the first gay Olympian. I don't know how, like... How they knew he was gay? Well, I mean, they knew he, well, he was arrested for homosexuality in 1934, and they were imprisoned. In Germany. Yeah, which he could not compete Berlin Olympics, obviously. Yes. He wound up in a Nazi concentration camp. I was going to ask that and hope that wasn't the case. But which was liberated by American forces in 1945. So he survived. Yeah, but... No, okay, I'm just checking. Just checking. Yeah, but, survived. you know. Yeah. So wait, so he didn't win any medals or he did? He didn't. <sighs> so the next... I'm sorry. Oh, no. Just... Okay. No, no, I'm just saying that, like... <laughs> Yeah, these gonna... kids and you lighten up a little well this is about gay people in the 30s yeah. <laughs> especially involved in Germany yes also the United States I'm not going to subtract those from that the next person I want to talk about is Babe Dickerson Zaharias no say that again Babe mm-hmm. Dietrichson Dietrichson Zaharias I thought you said Dickerson nope go ahead she participated in the 1932 Los Angeles Olympics at the Javelin, 18-meter hurdle, and high jump. She took the gold with the Javelin mm. with an Olympic record throw of 143 feet, 4 inches, and set a new world record in hurdles by crossing the finish line in just 11.7 seconds. She won the silver in the high jump. She would have won, but they ruled that her head had illegally cleared the bar before the body f- during her final jump. <laughs> a rule that no longer exists ah. today. So she would have, you know. So she had one silver medal and two gold. Nice. What a horrible thing happened to her. Um, well, you had a lot of people saying that she was 
unladylike. And a columnist in the New York World Telegram said, quote, it would be much better if she and her ilk stayed at home, got themselves prettied up, and waited for the phone to ring. Oh, no. <laughs> Others claim that she only excelled at sports because she couldn't attract the attention from men. <laughs> Wait, but, like, I don't understand those arguments where they're saying that, it's, it's like, all, like, are they saying that all female athletes are, like, not worthy of men? Like, they're not behaving in ways to attract men, well, but which like, is bad. No, but, like, were they saying that, like, that applied to all of the women athletes? Or is it just because she, maybe, she, I don't know, I don't know what I she looked she, like. She, she was more masculine presenting, maybe, but. Yeah, I think that, I think, I think in general that was probably the thought, but also she probably wasn't very feminine, Right. So, so they weren't like shooting on all of the the women. They were just like being like, "Well, this one's really good, and she's not traditionally pretty, so bad. She's bad. Yeah, I and mean, she should stay at home and wait for the phone to ring." It's like that's a good insult. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. Yeah, she was the first woman to play in the PGA t- tour event. She also played golf. Wow. Yeah. She and 12 other female golfers formed a new pro tour called the Ladies Professional Golf Association and was a close friend of fellow golf- golfer. That's a hard word for me to say. Golfer? golfer. Yeah. Uh, Betty Dodd. Dodd. Um, Dietrichson was married, but she spent a lot of time with Dodd. Mm. You know. They were... They never used the word lesbian to describe their le- relationship, but there was little doubt to people around them that their relationship was a romantic one. Mm-hmm. Was her husband a beard? Like, was he? Well, were they bearding for each other? That I don't know. Uh. I mean, he was obviously a beard for her. her yeah, but I don't necessarily that. So, you know, so she in nineteen fifty three she was diagnosed with colon cancer cancer and was reported she would never play golf again but she returned to her wedding ways a year later when she um at the 1954 u.s women's open and won by a record margin of 12 strokes jesus yeah so she was pretty boss so she survived the cancer yeah so this one's not so bad yeah that one's not bad i don't i don't since we're doing a couple of people i'm not like going like super yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i'm actually surprised the that there's, you know, like that you that you you found a few. Yeah. What? Oh, I'm just... is it is it about to get bad? <laughs> kind of. Okay, go ahead. The next person I want to talk about is John Curry. John Curry was a British figure skater. In 1976, he became Olympic and world champion skating a program to the ballet production of Don Quixote, which sounds, like, insane and intense and really rad. (laughs) He won Golden Austria, but faced a media firestorm after he was outed by an American journalist who had, he had given an interview to prior. So he won gold, but then immediately was outed because, you know... People suck. But it's like... Yeah. Okay. But he was one of the first people and 
so you know we know figure skating today as this artistic expression you have you need to have the power and athleticism but you also need to have that creativity and presentation um and he was one of the people responsible for creating that because a lot of the times it's kind of just like (laughs) triple axel right it's like a floor show without any like like look i can do these tricks it's not like and it was like a program but it was there's no like artistic element to it like he really brought the artistic element to Mm -hmm. the men's figure skating apparently they said his skating was unusual because his jumps were performed counterclockwise but most of his spins were performed clockwise so usually like you perform like like it's one way usually oh okay so i mean he sounds like a real rebel you know spinning one direction (laughs) <laughs> and another well, one. Well, that's not... I mean, it's just part of his athleticism. <laughs> no, I just think it's funny. It's like, oh, he's fun. One oh, I mean, can... like, the drama around... It's actually a really interesting topic with, like, sexuality and race and intersecting with, um, with figure skating because there was a French black woman who could do, like, a backflip and they oh yeah because she was the only one who could do it yeah I so do. there's any i know it's like oh like he can but like a lot of this stuff and like because ice skating is dramatic but then you do have these instances of like oh it's a scandal but like it kind of is a scandal yeah <laughs> which i know is bizarre but it's it was just one of those things uh quick question so is is are backflips banned for both men and women or just for women because like yes i think i think they're banned for both i know scott hamilton was able to do it i don't think i don't think in the in the olympics you can do it okay like professionally you can do whatever you want oh really Oh, yeah, well, if you're do if you're just like skating professionally, none of these Olympics athletes are professional ice figure skaters. You well, can't if be you're professional. if you're a professional figure skater, what do you do? You just well, you do like like a lot of like the tours and like, like Disney on ice. Well, yeah, but you like you know you have Christy Yamaguchi and like people like people would go to see them and they would get paid to like put on these oh things. Yeah, I guess I only think of figure skating as like competition. Yeah, and, and, like, I think you have pro competition, but it's not in the Olympic realm. Mm-hmm. Those are all amateur, so. Mm-hmm. So what terrible thing happened to this guy? In 1987, okay. Curry was diagnosed with HIV and in 1991 with AIDS. Before his death, he spoke openly to the press about his disease and sexual orientation. Um... He died of AIDS-related heart attack on April 15, 1994, mm. and he was 44. Great. He said, quote, I'm talking about this, AIDS, because I think the more open people are, the easier it gets for everyone else because it demystifies it. I don't want others to be frightened like I was. After all, no one is immune. Tell. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... It's one of those things with skating, because okay, well, skating is flamboyant, all this stuff, this, and you have, like, it's okay, like, it's okay to, for it to be flamboyant as long as you're, you're a dude. You're, yeah, you're, you're just, just yeah. But as soon as you have someone like John Curry or Guy Weir, 
who are like, okay, but I'm, you know, I'm going to embody this, who I am and my art, then it's suddenly, it's, and I know that, like, for someone who doesn't care about figure skating, it's, it sounds bizarre, because it is bizarre. Right. Because the whole sport, you look at it, and you're like, oh, that's just a bunch of, like, (laughs) this is like, this is like, they're, like, dancing around on the ice, like, that's not, it doesn't seem like a very masculine activity. No, but, like, when you, you hear, especially in the 90s, you know, you heard, like, the, the, like, you know, talking about, like, and especially when, like, people started landing, like, the, the quad, um, you know, it's the power and, like, yeah. you know, the, the, the behind his, like, jumps and, like, how he's able to, like, execute it successfully. Like, you, like they're trying to make it, no, like... No, but, like, so even as a kid who didn't really understand, like, coded language, I knew watching the Olympics with Shiny Weir, like, they would talk about him differently yeah. than other male figure skaters who were heterosexual. It wasn't about his strength and his power and, like, his athleticism. It was about his flamboyance and, right. like... And he was just as good of an athlete, if not better, than some of the people they were talking about. Right. Especially in American male f- figure skating. is not... You get flashes in the pan for that to be good. You don't really get a good male figure skater in the States too much. But even as someone younger not having access to those words it was very very obvious to me that they were you know it was different because like you know it's gatekeeping it's gatekeeping any sports like you're allowed to do this but only up to a certain point we can't like slap each other's right asses right in baseball you slap each other's asses but if you're gay oh my god, how terrible locker rooms. You're obviously just staring at dicks the whole time. Right. But you're all slapping each other's asses. So like, there's just these weird invisible lines that exist in sports that there's very like homoerotic things that exist that are somehow like just unspoken okay as long as everyone's straight. Otherwise, it just throws everything out the window. It's so bizarre. Yes. If you think about it too hard, which I do a lot. It's weird. It's fine. Yeah. But <laughs> that's also just me. Yes. The last person I want to talk about. Ooh. Is this going to end on a high note or not? I would say a high note. Okay. Let's go with it. I want to talk about Billie Jean King. Oh. Okay. Yeah. She's still kicking. She's yeah. Still, she's still hip to the um, jive. Yeah. Something like that. And and she has Philadelphia connections, which is nice. Yes. French Open in 1972. She was only the fifth woman in tennis history to win singles titles at all four Grand Slam events. She also won a career Grand Slam in mixed doubles, women's doubles, and apparently, like, the Australian Open, like, she was the only kind of thing. Like, she won, like, a buttload of stuff all the time, basically, obviously, because it's, you know. Mm-hmm. She won 20 career titles at Wimbledon. She played 51 Grand Slam singles events from 59 to 83. Wow. Wow. And she won 129 singles titles. Huh. So, and obviously she's probably most well known for the quote "Battle of the Sexes." Yeah, yeah. Where she the rigs, where she she played the old guy. Yeah, yeah. In the Astro Houston Astrodome in 1973. Oh man, I wish we could do an episode on the Astros, but it has nothing to do with our podcast. <laughs> very, very <laughs> much nothing to do with the podcast. Okay, good trash cans um, <laughs> yeah 
Just wanted to get that in there for you. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. 30,492 spectators there and estimated television audience of 50 million people in the United States. 90 million in 37. 29-year-old Billie Jean King beat 55-year-old Riggs. But Billie Jean King said, quote, I thought it would set us back 50 years if I didn't win that match. It would ruin women's, women's tennis tour and affect all women's self-esteem. To beat a 55-year-old guy was no thrill for me. The thrill was exposing a lot of new people to tennis. That's fair. Yeah, because everyone was like, obviously she's in her prime and this dude is not. But also, yeah. I don't. I remember seeing clips, but like that dude was a dick. Right? Oh, no, yeah, no. He, he talked a, a lot of shit. Yeah, he's a huge dick. So like... It was good that she kicked his ass, but realistically, yeah, yeah. you would think that you would woman, you would hope that a yeah. woman in her prime, right, who was twenty five plus years younger, yeah, would destroy him, right? Which she did. They have the scores, but again, I don't. What's what were the um, six four six three six three? Yeah, I mean that's. that's <laughs> Yeah. Katie played tennis, so I don't... I mean, you know, it was kind of close, but sports. it wasn't... If it, if they were all 6-4, then it would have been... A lot, it's a lot closer, but... Okay. Sports. You have to win by two two games. Yes. But, you know, as long as you got... So, as long as you got the six. So, re- obviously, real domination would have been 6-0, six, 6-0. Six nothing, six nothing. Well, yeah, but... but... Yeah. I don't think that's even... I don't think you've seen anyone in their prime be able to do that. What are you talking about? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Serena Williams and stuff... But, like, like, consistently, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Their whole match? I mean, they... they, they, I mean, sometimes they're not very evenly matched. Well, I'm talking about when, like, things are evenly matched. Okay, yeah. Or more evenly matched. Not, like, against me. Right. (laughs) Yeah, obviously, <laughs> most professional tennis players would win 6-0 against me. I'd be like, ooh. Nope. Oh. So. Is that what would happen? Yeah. Okay. I'm bad at sports. By 1968, this is when she realized that she was attracted to women and became, began an intimate relationship with her secretary. Oh, my. Marilyn Barnett. Scandalous. Yes. She acknowledged her relationship when it became public in 1981. She said, quote, I wanted to tell the truth, but my parents were homophobic and I was in the closet. As well as that, I had people tell me that if I talked about what I was going through, it would be the end of the women's tour. I couldn't get a closet deep enough. One of my (laughs) big goals was always to be honest with my parents and I couldn't be for a long time. I tried to bring up the subject, but I felt I couldn't. My mother would say, we're not talking about things like that. (laughs) I was pretty, pretty easily stopped because I was reluctant anyway. Um, I ended up with the eating disorder that came from trying to numb myself from the feelings. I needed to surrender far sooner than I did. At the age of 51, I was finally able to talk about it properly with my parents, and no longer did I have to measure my words with them. That was a turning point for me, as it meant I didn't have regrets anymore. Jeez, 51. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah. And in December of 2013... President Obama appointed King and openly gay ice hockey player um, Caitlin Cahal. Cahal? C A H O W. C A H O W. Yeah. 
um, to represent the United States at the 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi. Yeah. I remember that. But King was forced to drop out of the delegation because of her mother's health. So I don't think she was there, but it was still... Huh. She's parents were still kicking. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, so that was 2013. And then you have the uh, yeah. U.S. women's soccer team. Yeah, Abby Wambach back in the day. And then a little baby Rapino. Yeah, I remember baby Rapino. And then, whew, this past one, so gay. So incredibly gay. Oh, so gay. It was so good and gay. And you had the royal wedding with Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris happening. That was also very gay. Yes, they stole our idea, though, because they had the marriage equality ruling as one of their vows. Or their the readings. The yeah. readings, which we did two years before. <laughs> <laughs> just saying they stole it from us yeah but they also had tables named after like gay icons which was really cool that we did that rainbow cake so yeah i think they outgate us there but... i mean they definitely outgate us but i'm just saying that the reading was on ours first okay <laughs> yes. i'm gonna own that <laughs> yes because i can yeah so in summation it's not not great but things are getting better Right, but I think also with the U.S. women's team, too, and, like, you have, like, Megan Rapinoe, you have, I think, also in the age of social media, mm-hmm. being able to use, like, being out, but also being politically out as well. Yeah. Because she was the first, I think, soccer player, definitely female athlete to kneel during the anthem to support Colin Kaepernick. Mm. And is the reason, one of the reasons why they banned it. And presumably in the the Olympics in Japan, how there's going to be, quote, no political, I forget how they phrased it. Demonstration? Yeah, political demonstration allowed, which, I mean, that's very, I'm interested to see what happens because you have the clout of the U.S. women's national team and, like, such... like recognizable faces in women's soccer across the world and i'm curious to see what they'll do and what the response would be because i don't necessarily think they're gonna like disqualify Mm -hmm. the u.s women's team if you know someone kneels during the anthem or whatever and also what is being seen as political demonstration do our our rainbow flags would be considered political demonstration? Mm-hmm. Like, no, but you know you have like the IOC is trash, generally speaking. So it would be interesting to see how that progresses. So I think like it's really in basically a hundred years time you've gone from a guy who's got arrested for homosexuality and put in a concentration camp to a woman being able to be really super gay <laughs> and talk openly and politically about women in sports and equal pay and marriage equality and like race issues. And obviously there's a lot of things that happen in between that, but I think kind of just looking at it from that perspective is really interesting. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So gays in sports. <laughs> <laughs> yep so that's i think that's all i have if you don't have anything on that no that was that was great thank you thank you i, I figured you'd like a sports one yeah I like i like sports yeah 
I wish we had more people to talk about, which is a whole other conversation. But Yeah, I mean, we could scrape some more sports figures together, like the guy that basically invented the high five but had a pretty tragic life. Oh, the baseball guy. Yeah. yeah. I wanted... I was thinking about doing an episode on him, but I feel like I needed to, like, culminate that mm-hmm. with other people because this felt... Yeah, no, you, you, you would. Yeah. But as far as, like, U.S. professional sports, it's kind of... Slim, slim Piggins. Yep. So, at least for anyone that is good. Which, you know, I know you don't want to talk about anyone who's... Michael Sam. No thank you. Yeah, that's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> You'd be like, nope, no episode. <laughs> None for me, thanks. Yep. So we'll figure that out. Yep. But I think that's our show. If you have any comments or questions, you can email us at queersdidthat at gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram or Twitter at queersdidthat. We also have a Facebook page and a lovely website that Kate made, queersdidthat.com. Am I, did I miss any of things? I think that's everything. I think that's all of the things. We have lots of social media. Look how fancy we are. <laughs> Snapchat and... Oh. Uh... <laughs> we don't have snapchat i don't know how snapchat works because i'm old i don't know my older brother has snapchat so i don't think it's like an old thing i think it's just like a i don't understand that thing mm. okay maybe we should get a tiktok no we're not welcome on that platform oh okay because we're old or because we're gay uh gay oh really it's it's a chinese thing oh i didn't know that yeah they were doing some censoring and stuff yeah we're not allowed on there oh okay well never mind yeah. no tiktoks for us no <laughs> Until next time, make gay history and make history gay. Bye. Bye.